your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Now, just before Christmas, we heard from Mike Mackesy from Broderick's Spa in Croom in County Limerick. He had a rather unusual phobia, a fear of Brussels sprouts. Take a listen to this. So only that it, it, it definitely was when I was a teenager that I just can't, I can't go near Brussels sprouts when they're cooked or look at them. I, I was relatively able to cope with them being being around them only this my siblings and stuff would be mocking me and throwing them at me but to explain it I suppose I get a sick feeling and a kind of a rash I, I feel like I'm breaking out in a rash so yeah I suppose this time of the year it's tough even now just talking about them I'm kind of feeling sick it's kind of hard to explain, like, um, and being around them then in the shop on a daily basis this time of the year. It's it's not too bad unless somebody's kind of very close to you with them. Like, I, I've asked my mother, and uh, she can't recall any particular incident, only that maybe I might have kind of half choked them one or something when I was very small. So this is quite serious then, Mikey. Well, it's serious enough, I suppose. Definitely this time of the year, it's not um, it's not pleasant to be around them. No, I, I do see the light, light-hearted side of it. You know, I suppose we're always messing and joking anyway at work. But, uh, yeah, it's not, it's not that funny all the time. You're telling us that your siblings used to mock you and your colleagues well, chase you around the place with Brussels sprouts. Yes. And and I, I've often opened the post to uh, packets of Brussels sprouts no. and stuff, Joe. No. Um, I, I suppose, Joe, it doesn't make any difference to me. I just wouldn't go near them. Right, that's Mike Mackesy, the manager of Broderick's Bar in Croom, chatting to us just before Christmas. And we said we'd try to understand and help resolve the problem for him. And this morning, Robert Rackley, a psychotherapist here in Limerick, joins us in the studio. You're welcome, Robert. Good morning. Good to morning. You. Now, clearly, there can be a humorous angle taken to this, as you heard there. And, you know, there's a bit of fun involved in it because it's perceived as not a particularly uh, dangerous phobia as such. But talk to us about it from a scientific point of view. Okay, so there are about 400 phobias um, that you can have. In our lifetime, about 20% of us uh, will suffer from a phobia. These can range from the very typical ones that we have. So we're all very aware of the spider arachnophobia. Um, and we are also aware of um, kind of social anxiety. We've seen that post-pandemic coming back into society again. Um, but there are lots of other phobias that begin. And the beginning of them is um, related to a traumatic response, um, a fear of embarrassment in that moment. Um, so something like a Brussels sprout, yes, there can be a kind of a fun element involved with, but the process of phobia is exactly the same as if a spider was in the room. Is it generally sparked by an event? Yes. So you can have an hereditary um, side to this. So people are kind of predispositioned. There's DNA attached to um, anxiety. However, if you have um, a parent and a parent at uh, some point runs from a bee, or runs from a spider and you're young, that'll be printed into your brain. And so that will be a fear that you will then go on to have for the rest of your life. 
most of these fears are irrational. Um, so something like a spider and a Brussels sprout can't cause us harm. However, the irrational side of our brain doesn't take that into account. So the work toward away from phobia is to get it into a much more rational place. Do I understand then, Robert, that if there is the genetic predisposition, it's far more likely to have a consistent impact and maybe cause you significant problems, but that everyone suffers a degree of anxiety? Yes, so anxiety is something that... So it goes back to the fight-or-flight response. So um, our body is uh, designed to protect us, um, and it will do that very well. So if it comes across something that it perceives as danger, it will give us feelings, and those feelings will make us react in a certain way. So an example of that is, um, you know, if you were about to cross the road and you jumped back suddenly, your brain might have caught the car that's coming quickly and will take your body off the road. So it's a very clever thing. However, if it arrives into a place where there's something that can't cause us harm, but it's giving us that same reaction, then that's problematic. Mm. And it can be very, very difficult. I mean, it can deeply affect some people's lives. Yeah, so if you take it to kind of more extreme levels, um, something like agoraphobia, um, so you'd have people who won't leave their rooms um, or won't leave their house. Now, in a post-pandemic society, we've really seen a massive increase in that. People just are afraid of um, what once was normal. But the perception now is that there's dangers in crowds. Before that perception wasn't there for a lot of people. So you can see how it's a thinking-based process that makes us act a certain way. I've had interesting discussions with people, even over Christmas, about at what stage of the pandemic or as we came out of it, they had to decide as best they could to let go of that anxiety, that they realised that the anxiety which at the start of the pandemic was necessary mm-hmm. for a lot of people had become um, a problem in and of itself. So if you think of that, what you just said there is that people decided. And this is the really rational part of what we have to do. We have to make cognitive decisions on what is based on reality. So what that means is we need to look for proof and for evidence into the absolute dangers, not the perceived dangers that we have. I hope that makes sense. No, it does indeed. Stay with us. Uh, That's uh, Robert Rackley, who is a psychotherapist here in Limerick. And let's see if you can help out Mike Mackesy from Broderick Spar and Croom because he's on the line. Uh, how are you, Mikey? I'm not too bad, Joe. How are you? Not too bad. So when you were on with us before Christmas, <coughs> did you get a bit of a reaction to the chat? I did. I suppose it was kind of 50-50 in this. Uh, a lot of people thought it was just a joke. Um, more people knew or came to me that would actually have similar phobias. Um so that was kind of reassuring a little bit. That's interesting. So even coming into the shop to you and saying, oh, I heard that and yeah, I, I have some idea what you're talking about. My phobia is X. Exactly, yeah. And were there unusual ones? There was fairly unusual ones, yeah. Um, I suppose well, without identifying individuals, give me a sense yeah. of those. Well, I suppose uh, one person has a kind of a fear of ketchup. Um, which was, I suppose it was unusual, but I I wouldn't be one to be talking, I suppose. Right. And did they have any idea of where that came from? No, no. Similar to myself, I suppose. Didn't know, just always had it. 
And the, pe- the people who were being more jokey about it, I mean, what were they saying to you after your appearance here on the show? Um, oh, I think they just thought that it was a big joke. I suppose we're, we're kind of known on social media for doing funny videos and stuff, and I'd say they thought that that was just a carry-on of it. And they were a bit taken back when when I was telling them that, no, it's actually, it is real. Yeah. Well, I have to say, when I sat down to my Christmas dinner and the Brussels sprouts came out, I did think about you, Mike, <laughs> which which was an unusual experience for me on Christmas Day. Yeah. Uh, poor old Mike, <laughs> now he won't enjoy the Brussels sprouts because he feels he can't, you know. Yeah. And you're missing out. So I think it's important that we see if we can do something for you. Um, Robert, um, this is the man, as they say, on the air live. Mike, how are you? What would, Hi, you, say? What would you say to him? So I'm glad uh, that some people took it seriously, by the way. Um, so it does have um, a name. It's called Lachanophobia. It's a fear of vegetables. Um, and it's been quite widely studied this um, phobia does have a beginning. Now, it's very hard sometimes to trace back because we're looking at something that maybe you didn't notice. So this would be something around when you were eating that um, you felt embarrassed in that moment and that you were chewing a Brussels sprout. So somebody might have made a comment here not related to the Brussels sprout, but created a feeling that um, created a thought that something was wrong with the Brussels sprout. Also, it could be related to, you said, the possibility of, you know, a a choking incident. That can often happen with food where your brain will decide that it's not going to allow that into the body again because it's trying to protect you. So the beginning is that your thought creates a physical symptom in that moment. Once you have a physical symptom, uh, symptoms are accelerated heart rate, uh, shortness of breath, that then goes lead on, leads on to stress, anxiety. And then we feel like we're losing control of this situation. And that then can lead on to anxiety and depression. And is it the case then that uh, Mike's avoidance of Brussels sprouts makes him feel safer and better? Absolutely. So the brain has made a decision that Brussels sprouts are not okay to go into the body. So that's not rational because there's nothing wrong with Brussels sprouts. However, in this case, something has happened and the avoidance is now the trigger. So by staying away, the brain is in protection mode. It thinks it's doing a great job because it's telling you not to go near the thing that's dangerous. However, it's wrong. And we have to get to a rational part of the brain to tell the... So Mike would get the elevated heart rate, he'd get the queasy feeling we all recognise, um, and he doesn't want that. That's not healthy when there isn't a reason for it. And that's not a choice anymore. So once the brain takes over the perceived danger, this will happen automatically. So this happens in a part of the brain that we don't have access to. So it's like a subconscious, and it triggers the old fight-or-flight response. So we're either going to face our fear, or we're going to run. And in this case, I think Mike has decided um, to stay away from the danger and that creates anxiety, along with quite a lot of embarrassment around it. Mike, does that make sense to you? It, it does really, Joe, yeah. And what do you think of the explanation and the uh, professional rationale there from Robert? Oh, I suppose like it kind of makes sense when, uh, as I was saying the first day, that we think I might have kind of 
had some kind of a an incident with a Brussels sprout when I was very young. Yes, which you which you referred to, but what you yeah. wouldn't necessarily recognise, unless it's explained to you as Robert has there, is that um, it has led to the avoidance and the the avoidance in and of itself isn't psychologically healthy. Yes, and Robert, that applies to go back to what you were saying at the beginning to a whole range of phobias, doesn't it? So it applies to all phobias and all anxieties. A lot of anxiety that we have, it does arrive into um, a place where it doesn't make a lot of sense sometimes. Like for, and that's where the jokes come in. You know, for a lot of people, Brussels sprout phobias, it just doesn't make sense. However, if someone said they were having a fear of flying or, you know, a very common one now, a fear of driving on motorways, then people can kind of understand that. But it's the very same reaction. So we do have to pull back. Um, and I suppose for other people, people have to take this seriously. Because this can be dealt with, um, and I can tell you how to to deal with that. Um, So a lot of it's related to, uh, first of all, the people around us taking the pressure off this situation. That kind of means, although it's a bit of fun, they can't really be joking around this anymore. Because in order to get over this, people have to take it seriously. So what it means is, uh, the way um, in therapy we would do it is called exposure therapy. It's where, first of all, you learn about the Brussels sprout. You read about the qualities of it. You find out the the reason why it's that shape, that colour, that taste. And then it's looking at pictures of it. And it's looking then at holding the Brussels sprout. And then eventually you get down to putting bits of the Brussels sprout in your mouth. And then eventually, so over time, that goes. But how you do that is you have to change your thinking around it. So we have to become much more, um, look for proof and evidence into the way we're thinking because all our thoughts change how we feel and it's the feelings that change behavior so if we change the thoughts into a more rational thought and slowly and gradually um tackle our phobia then actually true it's called cognitive behavioral therapy cbt and um, it's a proven way of getting rid of phobia Robert Rackley is a psychotherapist in Limerick and we're chatting to Mike Mackesy from Broderick's Bar in Croom can you and will you try that, Mike? Oh, yeah, of course. I, I, I'd be very willing to try it, Joe. Because in the end, it doesn't really matter whether you end up eating Brussels sprouts afterwards, but you don't necessarily want the phobia is the point, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. So do you think that it's so ingrained, uh, Robert, in Mike, uh, that he would need some professional help to take him through it? So this depends. This can be done on your own. Um, professional help is advised if it becomes problematic. Now, problematic means that um, you can have a level of avoidance throughout the year, um, which is great. But if around Christmas it's having an impact, then yes. But the advice would be to tackle it now, not in the lead up to Christmas. So this is challenging negative thoughts around it. Um, looking at the dysfunctional beliefs that you've set up around it, that it could cause you harm. Um, and then looking for really for more proof and for more evidence as to what a Brussels sprout can actually do. If, with Mike's permission, if we put you in touch with him and maybe you sent him an email and outlined how he could try it himself, Mike, would you like to do that? I, I would, Joe. Yeah, I'd very much like that. You would. You'd like to have a go at it. 
Yeah. Okay. Well, then that, let's do that. Then I think Robert, what we'll do is we'll get you to, to email him. Maybe you can even have a conversation or two with Absolutely him if you don't no mind. Problem. And we'll come back to you. What would you reckon? A couple of months, or? Um, so I think the best thing to do is um, if me and Mike have a chat, and I'll find out how ingra- it's hard on air to find. Of out course, how it is. Yes, is. I understand that. Yeah. Um, so we we can have a chat, and then we can have a um, a bit of an idea when this phobia might end. Okay, but a key message, Mike, for your family for your friends, for your wonderful colleagues there at Broderick's Bar in Croom, I am talking to you, Podrick, is they have to leave you alone about it to give you a chance to get through yeah. the other side. Does, it, does, it, does a silence there, Mike, which suggests that maybe you don't think they'll be on board, but they kind of need to be because, you know, joking apart, it is a phobia. You do want to try and get past it. Yes. All right. Well, we'll do that, Mike. And... Um, Hopefully, within a couple of months, we'll have you back and you will tell me that you are eating a Brussels sprout. We might even get a video of you eating a Brussels sprout for our social media and your social media to prove that this has been a successful endeavour. That'd be great, Joe. All right. That'd be brilliant. Good man. That's a New Year's resolution for you for 2023 now. Yes. All right. All the best to you. Thanks, uh, Mike Mackesy from Broderick's Bar and Croom. Thank you, Robert Rackley, psychotherapist here in Limerick. Fascinating. And I'm sure what we've talked about today will benefit lots of uh, listeners who will recognise much of what you've said this morning. Your views, your news, your Limerick today with Joe Nash on Live 95.